Welcome, one and all, to the another installment of the Good Faith Actors Podcast. I am Matthew, the, your co-host, and also the founder, I guess, basically, the, the idea man, essentially, of this podcast. It's true. I can't complain. It's true. I'm Tad, co-host, co-founder, and the funny guy, who also knows I know about politics. I don't really know much else. Um, and today is a special episode, so Matthew, why don't you describe what today is, what this month is, and what we're doing? Well, today is just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're hearing, Tad is eating popcorn right now. Yes, it shouldn't be loud, because I, I close my mouth when I chew, you understand. So it shouldn't be too loud, but if it disturbs you, I apologize, and there will be no popcorn next week. Yeah, sure. Um, it is the I'm sure, well, there might be, but it won't be... You know, I'm not going to eat it on, on call. <laughs> But uh, it's the 17th of February, and February is Black History Month, which is the celebration of the accomplishments that African Americans have done for the United States. And so, since this is the special, essentially, Black History Month uh, episode, we are going to have a history of Black, I mean, African Americans in politics in the United States. Absolutely, and I am very proud to be part of this with my friend Matthew, who, as you have learned from last episode, is an African-American himself. Unless you edited that part out last episode, in which case you're just learning it now. I, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about. But, uh, yes, that is true. And um, let's, I guess let's start at the beginning. At, um, I guess, okay. eight. So... The beginning doesn't need to be 1619, it doesn't need to be 1776. Who was the first black person in Congress? Or would you start at the Revolutionary War? Or anywhere? You you take the reins here. <laughs> but let's like, basically, we're talking politics. So, yep. I guess we talked about 1865, I guess, which was after the 13th Amendment was, I think it was passing Congress or something, I forgot. I'm failing my political science where it's basically the process. Um, the 13th Amendment? Yes. It got ratified, um, so yeah, I believe that was Congress. It might have been stateless. Might have actually been states, um, but it was ratified. Yeah, it was ratified, and so there was a bigger conversation about growing uh, African Americans' uh, rights as citizens. So, now, just to be clear, everybody was still racist, and the white people still hated the black people, uh, and they didn't really want them to be equal, but like. The white people also realized that slavery was kind of unsustainable, and it was a bridge too far even for them. So it wasn't like rights per se as much as it was fewer wrongs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, interesting enough, um, even Abraham Lincoln said, even though this was a smaller thing, he, I think it was one of his last speeches before he was assassinated, he basically called for the free African-American military veterans of the Civil War to have the right to vote. Interesting. If I remember correctly, did he also advocate for uh, the, the returning to Africa, like Liberia and all that? Yeah, yeah, he did. Like I think beforehand, and I think a little bit after, but he evolved on the issue. And even though that at, at the time it's a very small issue, it wasn't like he was saying he wanted general suffrage for every black person. Yeah, but it was enough for him to get assassinated. Turns out white supremacists don't really care whether it's an inch or a mile. Exactly. So, and then a couple um, afterwards, I think the 14th Amendment, which is like, wait, let me basically, um, 
right. I remember I took a civil rights class and we had to say, what was the 14th Amendment? And check. Working uh, on, um, wasn't that the one that was abolishing slavery and ending servitude? Uh, 13th. Oh. 14th Amendment. So, you're, so, so, um, I was supposed to memorize these in sophomore year for APMSL. I did memorize them. It's very obvious that I've forgotten them since. So it's like all persons born or naturalized in the United States are subject to the tradition, therefore, of citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law that will abridge the privileges and immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive them of persons of life without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. So basically, states cannot deprive someone of life, liberty, and property, which is a, which is a very, like, John Locke type stuff. Yeah, basically, black people are now full-on citizens, and in theory, they get all the rights and protections afforded to white people. And they cannot be denied equal protection of the law, basically. Mm -hmm. But then, to add more... And since um, we got the 15th Amendment, which was passed was about two years afterwards, yeah, under a new president, interesting enough, the 14th Amendment was passed under Andrew Johnson, which was, you know, one of our worst presidents of all time. Yep. It was a good amendment. It was. And then the 15th Amendment which says the rights of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be abridged by the United States or by any state on the account of race, color, and previous condition of servitude. And so forth, since that was passed, and since the, the main party that was uh, pushing this were the uh, the uh, so-called radical Republicans, which is funny because they weren't actually that radical. Uh, but the white supremacists called them radical for, you know, trying to free their slaves. Uh, and it stuck because it's alliterative and historians like alliteration. Give people equal rights, my God. Wow. Whoa. Oh, I'm Bernie Hams. Bernie Hams. I will. The debate. I will. Oh, no one can see it, so it's kind of lost. But I'm doing the, the heck and the reno. Throw your hands up, Bernie. <sighs> I know this. Way back. That was, what, May 2019? That was back when Hickenlooper was still in the race. And Hickenlooper before Senator Hickenlooper. But, yeah, I remember that. Sorry. But since, basically, the, um, since the Republicans were, um, were the ones that were advocating and passing these laws, and then, and since, basically, it was the party of Lincoln, and Lincoln was known as the quote-unquote the great emancipator and even if you know kind of more complicated things than that but image is key and so like they saw him as that and so they basically voted republican then yep. and then basically the, a backlash happened where basically the clan south and then Reconstruction, and, mm -hmm. but, um, so basically, since um, only northern people could have, I think they like had lesser 
forms of voter suppression in the North than in the South. So they usually still vote Republican. And they continue that way until approximately 1936. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You're in charge of this. You're the black guy. And also, you know more about this than I do. We don't want to spoil it, basically. And to be clear, the reason he's in charge of this is not because he's black. Uh, it's because he knows more. Uh, the blackness is just an added attribute. Think of it as, as a bonus. Exactly. Yeah, and he knows more about this than I ever will. It has nothing to do with race. Well, very little to do with race. Yeah, so basically, um, so you have to fast forward to about 1932. And, like, basically the Great Depression happened, and it was, um, so basically everyone was feeling down, and so under a Hoover administration, and so the person, sorry, I have to drink some water. Uh-huh. No worries. Mm. Good. So basically the person that was the, strangely was a northern democrat named franklin delano roosevelt and he came in with this new deal kind of shebang and all that and he won in a landslide victory and interesting enough in his um uh in his campaign uh, one of the groups that basically kind of came in droves interesting enough were african-americans uh, i thought so he won by a lower margin than reagan did it wasn't a landslide after all Ha. <laughs> <laughs> but, by like 0.5% lower if my math is right, something like that yeah, something like that only, only 18 points you know, not 19 yeah, but um, which is very interesting because as I may have said during my uh, uh, our favorite president's episode, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt wasn't you know, the biggest you know, civil rights for African Americans no, Say what it is, he was a racist, piece-of-shit scumbag. I mean, everyone was... Kind of he was just too busy hating on Japanese people to properly hate on African-Americans. Or even help out, basically. That is also true. I read some books on this. The New Deal was deliberately designed to exclude African-Americans from as much as possible without, you know, referring race. Yeah, so they would do, like, <clears throat> they would do, like, these exceptions to, like, farm bills that help out, like, farmers that drive this equipment but not farmers that drive this lower quality equipment, you know, that only African-Americans can. And it was, it was like, precisely targeted so that black people got virtually zero benefits. And also tried not to basically offend the Southern Democrats, basically, because they were very much like, we don't want, you know, equal rights for black people, essentially. And Some of them still don't, although, you know, thankfully that number is pretty low nowadays. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... If you're looking for a Roosevelt who was pro civil rights, we were looking at Eleanor Roosevelt essentially. She is the she is the one. But since that, that kind of started um, started a thing where basically African Americans were going more to the Democratic Party, essentially. And then there was still about like equal amount. There may be a majority that went to the Democratic Party. Usually. Northern, since that was, like, easier. Um, it was by, by, so 1932 was when black people stopped becoming monolithically Republican, and, like, 1936 was when they started becoming Democratic. And by, like, 1940, it was, it was like, 80-20. Yeah, so there was still, I mean, there was a shift, but there was still, like, a balance between the parties. Relative balance compared to today. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, so, and then, like, because, like, back in the day, I know this is surprising, but both parties had both a kind of a liberal and a conservative wing to the parties. And so, like, you have, like, Rockefeller Republicans who were more socially moderate, kind of physically conservative about that. But also they were, like, Rockefeller Republicans were also very, um, uh, I think, were supportive of, like, African-American uh, civil rights. They were they were less opposed than, than previous Democrats had been, and, you know, it was good enough. Yeah. And so about... So let, let's basically fast forward to the 60s. Sorry, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, basically. Um, I, yeah, 52. Late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, exactly. So that's when the start of the civil rights, well, modern civil rights movement, probably around, I think around 1955, that's probably when it started going after, I believe, the murder of uh, Ed, uh, Emmett Till, and then, like, with the Rosa Parks uh uh, Montgomery bus thing, and so there was like a growing with like Martin Luther King and all that. So like you had the uh, Little Rock Brown, and then Brown versus Board of Education, which basically so basically did all that, and so there was a bigger um, you know shift around the involvement of, of African Americans in politics. So in 1960, which is a very interesting year since it was had uh, our first, it was like, well, it's actually the second major Catholic who was the nominee for the... Really? That was the first. Who was the, who was the first? Uh, Allison of the Democrats in 1928, I believe. Yeah, that was like the, with that one county in Georgia that just really hates Catholics. Yeah, exactly. It's so interesting how it was like back in the day where it was like yeah. very anti-Catholic. I mean, it's... Still, kind of now. There, it, there is like some now, but there isn't as, you know, I guess open. I guess something like that. Uh, yeah. Um. So that was sixties. Uh, that was you know. So basically, uh, John John F. Kennedy versus Vice President Nixon, and interesting. it was like probably the last uh, one of the last elections where there was about an equal amount of like there may have been a majority in one case but um but it was like basically there was a it was up for grabs essentially the, like the african-american vote was not like a, a, it was democratic leaning but it wasn't you know it was it like, was you know it was definitely very possible for republicans to win 30 40 percent like eisenhower did yeah like uh even richard nixon got i believe a good amount i don't know he did like a lot. Like a, More than anybody since even Reagan. Like, even an interesting amount of... Uh, interesting about, like, you would think of all people, Richard Nixon had a good... Um, <laughs> he wouldn't... But he wasn't actually, like, super racist. He was just, like, corrupt, and it's different. Yeah. Even my grandmother voted, and my grandfather voted for Nixon, I believe, 1960. I, I forgot, but they did vote for him once. He kept us out of war. Actually, that was a different guy, but like it more accurately applies to Nixon. Yeah, but oh yeah, that's going to be bad. Since I've said about my grandparents, it's going to add an interesting point about. 
but since then, it then like, you know, even due to J J JFK, not as like his brother RFK, who was more vocal about his civil rights, he was kind of supported it though, right? He just like didn't think of it as a priority. Was that right? He was kind of lukewarm. I think he supported, but it wasn't like, you know, like RFK, basically like his brother, who'd be like, I will come to bat for this, basically. This is an issue that... I'm sorry. It wasn't until, like, like essentially months before his assassination where he was more you know, vocally supportive of civil rights. But it was like, I believe it was something about how I think MLK was arrested and, like, I believe... Um, either, like, I think he was arrested and then, like, I believe it was some, like, the campaigns, like, if we can call them, maybe that will swing the vote. And I believe I, this could be apocryphal. So, so it was, like, nuanced. Yeah, exactly. I, Which is sometimes a good thing, sometimes not, you know. Probably not in this case. I mean, civil rights probably shouldn't be a nuanced position. But yeah. I mean, nuanced civil rights is better than no civil rights at all, so. Yeah. I mean, you should, I think you should... You know, you should try to do it for, out of the heart, in the goodness of your heart. But, you know, you do it regardless, but it's fine. But I think Kennedy, I believe he called uh, Mrs. Ken King, and that kind of persuaded more, I think, African-Americans to, go to, the, to the, um, go to the Kennedy side, and then, therefore, Kennedy won the election. Now we go to 1964, which was uh, a couple, a year after, spoiler alert, JFK got assassinated. Boom! We got Goldwater running for president. Even though it was funny, Goldwater wanted to face off against Kennedy because they were were good friends. So, so Lyndon Johnson comes in, and and like that was, and he under his Great Society, he had the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964, which was interesting enough, kind of a Kennedy's idea, but since Kennedy was from Massachusetts and a Northern Democrat, you would have problems, even if the Democratic Party had full control of Congress, basically. They were split between racist Southern Democrats and, I'm not going to say not racist, I'm going to say less racist Northern Democrats. Yeah, so basically, even if you would think now, like, basically, you'd be like, oh yeah, they would probably all vote, but since, like, there was a split between Northern and Southern Democrats, and... You know, Southern Democrats don't look at JFK as, like, a more kind of authoritative type. So they're like, eh. But when Lyndon Johnson came along, who was a Southern Democrat, and he uh, he basically, either way, it may have been out of the goodness of his heart, or, like, it was just, like, politics or something like that. But got it done, and, and it kind of, I think, started a shift where basically more Southern Democrats started to leave, basically, as the party was coming more pro-civil rights, pro-integration and all that. Okay. And then, interesting enough, during the uh, uh, the convention, there was like a, a debate about the Mississippi Democrats who were pro-segregation, and they had like something called... Um, wait, let me look this up. The Mississippi uh, Freedom Democratic Party, which was for a was a pro civil rights African American group, which was very much like still around today, if I remember correctly. Well, yeah, of course, NAACP is definitely still around today. So it had like uh, Fannie Lou, 
hammer and um, well, that ooh, they have a bunch of here. That's what I like. Um, basically, but it was kind of a thing where they were trying to get. Uh, it was kind of a controversy because you're like, yeah, that split of basically pro civil rights Democrats, especially African Americans, and then more uh, segregationist Democrats from the South. And on the Republican side, I wonder if you can say something about that. Talking about in the 60s? Yeah, about 1964. There were Northern Republicans who were very pro-civil rights, so like full equality. And there were Southern Republicans who like may or may not have been full equality. But they were like, we're afraid of the voters in our states, so we're going to go states' rights. Um, so at this time, Republicans were still more conservative on racial issues than Democrats would. Were, although that would... That would flip, right? Yeah, that would flip as Republicans became more closely associated with the religious right and less less explicit racism than the Democrats had been, but more of like benign racism, where you know you just you argue that it's not your fault, that it can be solved by someone else. Yeah, and also like the um, like the um, honestly, like the Reagan era, where he improved the lives of everybody, including black people, and assumed that that would help black people in other ways. You know, if you give them more money, maybe it'll be better, and it didn't. But also, I would say, like, new, um, uh, famous, I believe, Republicans at the time that were pro-civil rights were um, Nelson Rockefeller, who was the governor of New York, and uh, one uh, governor of Mich Michigan, George Romney. George Romney. Not Mitt Romney. George, uh, Mitt Romney's father. And also, Barry Goldwater was very pro-civil rights. Yeah, he actually opposed the civil rights bill not because he was racist, but because he seriously believed that it should be left to the states, and that wasn't like a slogan for him. He actually believed that, and he was confident that the states would give black people protection because he was kind of foolish. Um, but he wasn't racist. He was just kind of stupid on that issue. Yeah, if you if you want to basically, we'll talk more about. It, but if you want to basically get more, you know, I guess a good part of African American vote, you should you know you should try to. I guess support some of the things that that kind of helped them out. In that in that case, it was the civil rights. Pardon me. Yes, it was. Like it's, it's not a conservative or liberal position. It's just it was a good push good thing to do. Yeah. So exactly. Then that's what happened, and then basically Johnson kicked Goldwater. You know, essentially his butt. Massive landslide. Yeah, one of the biggest, I think. Wasn't there, like, a third party that took some, some like, votes away? I think we're going to talk about the next election. But I think, interesting enough, Goldwater won states in Arizona, parts of the South. Basically. So that's yeah. Sorry, I was I was drinking, so I couldn't respond uh, for, the, for the viewers, listeners at home. But, yes, that is that is correct. So he won Arizona, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Yes, the Deep South, plus, plus North Carolina or something. The Deep South is what? The Deep South is Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, and South Carolina. Yes, sir. And I think he did not win North Carolina. No. Oh. So he literally only won the Deep South? Wow. Deep South and Arizona, his home state. Well, Arizona was his home state, for those who don't know. Yeah. Well, I know a, you know that. I'm saying for those who don't know. Yeah, for those who are like, we don't we don't know political history. Uh, same things I got to get a blanket. Okay. 
so basically what happened was um yeah he wasn't like this one candidate who was running for president but lost his um his home state i think that's the biggest um embarrassment for a, a nominee for a candidate losing your home state not in the modern day anymore now things are like a lot more polarized it's a lot harder to get Support. Like Donald Trump did not win his home state in 2020 or 2016. Um, Hillary Clinton didn't win her home state. Um, Barack Obama is Illinois. Mitt Romney is massive. Mitt Romney didn't win his home state. Um, you know, a lot of candidates have, have lost their home states. Correction, uh, Donald Trump's home state in 2020 was Florida. So. Ah, that's correct. That's correct. I guess that case, Hillary was still Arizona, like, tech, I guess she was technically from New York, but she was, let's be real, she's from Arkansas. But that was, so basically, I think, due to... Damn, in case you're listening, New York sucks! Oh, no. <laughs> New York. I remember what you said about Larry Hogan, and I stewed over that until just now. And I'm here to tell you, New York sucks! What did I say? No, what Sam said. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I saw before Matthew sent it to me in DMs. I saw it of my own volition. No, you didn't send me DMs, you tagged me. Close enough. Yeah, but I was basically, yeah. It was I saw it first, and New York sucks, so take that. <laughs> Maryland has a better governor than you. <laughs> well, even, even yeah, maybe not New Jersey, but all other 48 states do. Yeah. It's not hard to be better than Andrew nursing homes, Cuomo. And even threatening a dude for basically not... Uh, remember when, like, the whole story was there's that one woman who was lying about Ron DeSantis, who was lying that Ron DeSantis lied about li a lot of lies, but basically she was alleging that the numbers were higher in Florida than they were, and, and she was lying? Mm -hmm. Remember back when that was in the, in the news? Um, now we have Andrew Cuomo murdering grandmas in nursing homes. Yeah. Yeah, that relates to Black History Month. He murdered a lot of black grandmas. Maybe it could be. But, okay, oh, oh, oh. Fun fact about Andrew Cuomo. In the 2002 governor's elections in New York, the Liberal Party was removed from the party line because they couldn't get 50,000 votes. Not even 50,000. The nominee of the Liberal Party? Andrew Cuomo. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled Black History Month, 1960-whatever. Yeah, so basically result because of part of how um, Goldwater won states in deep south was probably because he didn't vote for the Civil Rights Act. And under, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, he said he supported, you know, states' rights, which it could have, like, he genuinely could have believed that. Probably <laughs> believe genuinely that he supported the states' rights could do what they wanted. However, that word could be very, um, give me certain things to do. Yeah, so, um, and then... Then after that election um, was kind of a groundswell, um, but not because of a party shift. Uh, and if you hear someone saying there was a party switch, they're lying or they're being stupid. Um, because there just wasn't. You look at the stats and there just wasn't. However, what there was in the mid-1960s was a certain bill in 1964, a different bill in 1965, and a different bill in 1968. Matthew? Oh, yeah. 1964, as we mentioned, the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which... 1965, and I believe the Civil Rights Act of 1968, which was... Huh. Yep. Um, 
and uh, in addition, the uh, 24th Amendment in 1964 abolishing the poll tax. Was that 19... Yeah, it was 1964, that sounds right. Yeah, I believe so. It was mid-60s, 24th Amendment, it abolished the poll tax, which in theory was to keep only educated people from voting, but in practice was to keep only white people voting. Yeah, basically it was... Yeah. So, um... Let's see. Then, like, 1968 happened, which was a very interesting year. Um, I think, interesting enough, I believe the candidate most black blacks wanted was uh, Robert F. Kennedy, basically. Interesting. Did he have a background in, in civil rights? Yeah, he was, like, after, I believe, it was, like, one of, while well, he was the attorney general, like, he was the freedom, um, you know, bus rides, basically. He kind of had his heart changed. Even more passionate than my brother. That is good to know. And he had a yeah. Basically, he was um he had a famous speech like after where he was in Indiana, which he talked about talked to a group of black people after Martin Luther King was assassinated. Down, but basically calm people down because you know people were rightfully upset that. Um, you know, they're the person they, you know, love hearing, hearing and listening to, he's not gone. And so, but unfortunately, as you know, as if you don't read the history books, Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1968. And then who was also anti-war essentially. And then they picked, since it wasn't back in the day, I was this year, uh, 2020 or like 2016 where you have primaries. Where you had, like, Primaries were like a big thing in, were like a small thing in 1972 and a big thing in 1976. Yeah, so but back in 1968, it was still decided by a whole bunch of insiders. Exactly. So it wasn't like the required delegates to win. So the winner, as it was in the content on um, the convention, was um, Herbert Hoover. I mean, not Herbert. Yeah, Herb Herbert Hoover. No, Herbert. Hubert Humphrey, that's who he was. Yes, that is correct. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to figure that out. Yeah. But yes, Hubert Humphrey. Yeah, Hubert. Herbert Hoover was dead by then, basically. Dead. Was he? I actually didn't know that. Let me look. I want to look it up. I'll keep talking. So, and he was kind of very much since... Yeah, he was. He died in 1964. Yeah, so since Hoover... I mean, Humphrey wasn't as exciting was kind of seen as a part of the Johnson administration, and the Johnson administration was pro-war. And some people were like, eh. But then the Republican side... Uh, Nixon. Nixon! Nixon! He came back, back when he was just famous for being governor of California. A actually, popular one. Well, he wasn't governor. I thought, yeah, he was. He was but, a governor of California. No, he wasn't. Look it up. He, he lost. Wasn't? Yeah, he lost in 1962. He ran for government. Didn't he win in like 58 though? No, he was actually just congressman and then he was the Senate. For some reason I thought he had one governor from there. Wow. Oops. Maybe thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, you know, he tried to do this new, I believe, Southern strategy where he was saying he was for, uh, for law and order and all that stuff. And... Since maybe because basically Humphrey wasn't as exciting, or and Nixon won, and that pretty much kind of set the stone of basically having 
um, you know, basically on terms of voting, you know, African-Americans usually are pro democratic party or democratic party voters. I mean, there was like a, like a very small majority minority of that. Oh, it's growing. It's grown. So 2008 was 4%, then 6 then 9 now 12 It is growing. Trend line is, is, you know, a graph go up, world more gooder. Yeah, so. Or if you're a Democrat, graph go down, world less, more, badder, whatever. But, like, yeah, um, and nowadays it is kind of monolithic. Local, especially in the Deep South where um, uh, Barack Obama got 99%. I kid you not, 99% of the black vote in Mississippi. 99%. Also, it's like then the uh, African-American vote became more of a mainstream, most consistent vote in uh, the Democratic Party. And if you wonder why Joe Biden is currently the president, it's because of James Clyburn, Congressman Clyburn, and the South Carolina primary, which was a very big... And Amy, but mostly him. Yeah, mostly him. And since... I think a combination since Biden was part of the Obama administration and also, and this is going to be a spoiler part about African-American voters, is that he kind of leans more towards their type of ideology, more moderate since, because um, a big part is like uh, African-American voters, usually, especially older ones, they're very much involved in the black church and they kind of have more moderate to conservative views. And so, and so if you put uh, a guy, put a person like Bernie, they probably will look at him very... Well, also, Bernie, like, Bernie, by the way, is not a racist, but his base was very, very racist, uh, very racist, but, you know, they hide it with, with, like, woke language, and, you know, you criticize them, you're white supremacist and all that. It was not his fault. You know, in order to win, he had to appeal to them. Yeah, and... Which I guess I'm blaming him for, because, you know, he could have chosen not to. Yeah, he couldn't really... But, like, you know, it's not really his fault. Like, Bernie himself is a good guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a good guy. He's stupid, but he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a probably not. We invite him over in the podcast if he wants. Bernie? Yeah, we can have... We're talking about Senator Bernie Sanders. Yeah, we want him in this podcast so he can talk on... I mean, on the one hand, yes, that... You know what? I'm not even going to give that the, 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 the hearing that it does not deserve because that's silly. Bernie... No. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, but no. I can tell also, him Wait, what if I can tell him that he's not he's not actually talking about democratic socialism, but actually socialism. Uh Bernie sent no his DMs aren't open. Never mind. Although now edit this part out, but do you know whose DMs are open? Mm. Joke. So basically that's why basically Biden is uh uh, he's currently president because African-American voters usually are moderate to conservative, and they would, and probably because they were kind of more hesitant with, you know, you see, you know, some politicians kind of make these big and bold things. And so, you know, Biden was a bet, and so that's why. So, basically, um, so what would you say, you know, I know this is going to be all the thing. We're going to do an episode about improvements that we to make about our political... Next week. Next week. Yeah, exactly. Can I do, like, a sneak peek? Yeah, sure. 
I think I'm going to repeat this, but I think one part is that as the Democratic Party, we should like keep the African American voters like not for granted. And since like you know, interesting enough that like a, a sizable amount uh, went for Trump, basically, which is very interesting. Uh, especially black men. Yeah. Almost twenty percent of black men went for Trump. Almost twenty percent. Yeah, exactly, and whatever reason, maybe economics, or maybe attitude, or maybe because, like, well, I mean, poor African-American men are the most at risk to illegal immigration. They would be in that, they are, they have the most to lose from illegal immigration. Yeah, so, you know, basically, uh, uh, so basically, you know, try to do, pay attention to certain issues that, that, that they care about, basically trying to um, help them out, especially during like police reform. I think that could be a really good one that you can try to, you know, listen to what they have to say. How about your party? What do you think? What do you think? I think that I mean, while we're talking about Black History Month, I think that the Republican Party needs to continue what it's doing. What it needs to do is keep prioritizing economics, keep prioritizing conservative social issues, specifically on abortion. Um, because black people are quite pro-life, especially those in the black church, which places a high sanctity on the value of life, because as we know, white people denied black people the chance to live full lives for decades, centuries really, decades is, is the wrong word, decades post, decades post slavery was what I meant to say, but, but centuries overall is more accurate, so I apologize for that. Um, and, and as such, black people are very pro-life. Um, and then, so what Republicans need to do is, is focus more on pocketbook issues, on things like abortion, on things like, you know, domestic uh, uh, reform, criminal justice reform. Um, what Trump did with Opportunity Zones, he signed the Tim Scott bill. Uh, we need more people like Tim Scott. Um, opportunity Zones are the best way to not just win black votes, which is a good thing, but also people, which is, in my opinion, a better thing. Um, and uh, they need to do less of the whole QAnon stuff. Um, less of the old racism stuff, um, less of the whole celebrating Rush Limbaugh stuff. Um, is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know, and yes. to be fully honest, I don't really care, because um, it's good enough um, for me. Uh, and right now, young black people, they're voting, you know, older black people, they're voting 95-5 for, for Democrats. The younger black people, it's 85-15, it's 80-20. You know, there's opportunity there to improve. Um, as a fortune, you've got to improve among black people. They're in Georgia. Uh, state you need to win, Texas, North Carolina, you know, um, uh, uh, Virginia, you know, Florida. All these states have high African-American populations. Um, and so, so improving, so appealing to black voters and trying to win elections for the Republican Party right now are the same thing. And I think that's very healthy if they can notice that and take advantage of that. I agree. Yeah, I know you agree. You've been nodding the whole time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you, as a political party, we should have, maybe this is an interesting plan. I think that groups of people should not be, you know, should try to, regardless of the political party, you should try to get groups of people on your side and try not to listen to what they have to say. What as the saying goes, politics is a game of division. Yeah, so you want to have, you know, you listen to the you know, a group of people like black people, Latinos, and all that, and want to have your solutions instead of just like, I think one of my, my 
think one of the problems I have with the Republican Party is kind of some issues they kind of just like they don't rather give like solutions to to things like um, I think one like environment and I forgot maybe even the environment maybe um, I think we've been or something like that they don't really I mean, there are some that... No, there is a... The, the Republican position on minimum wage is opposed to it nationally. States can do what they want. The Republican Party is a very thorough fleshed opposition on minimum wage. Now, I was trying to think of, like, issues. Like, they kind of, like... They don't really give an issue... I mean, a solution to it. Like, minimum wage, yes. On, like... Fiscally, the Republicans have... Are the only coherence party fiscally? Um, maybe you're maybe on like social issues where they still can't decide whether they're pro or anti-gay. Yeah, that's basically it's like the new Republicans, like the Trump Republicans, are pro-gay. Like you know, you know about that like QAnon woman. She was bisexual. The one who got the one who died. For example, um, she was an Obama, Obama, Trump bisexual voter. You know, the one so the good thing, um, I the good thing about bringing these Trump voters in, uh. And yeah, there are good and bad things, but one of the good things is that these Trump voters are much more pro-gay than the Republicans that came before. Like, they're fine with it. As long as you give them their money and you take us out of the wars, they don't care who you have sex with. <laughs> Pretty much. Unless, as long as it's not them, you understand. Exactly. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I added that one. Let me to edit it out? No. <laughs> we'll keep it. Yes, but, you will. It's one of the things we'll keep. Listen, half of this podcast is me, you know, and, and, and I'm not as smart as you are, so I have to make it up by being funny. <laughs> I'm funny, but I'm, it's like a... You're not funny. You're not funny, let's be real. Oh, come on. You, you need to meet me in person. I'm very funny. If you say so. Yeah, I, I'm very extroverted. Oh, I'm sure you are. No, I'm sure you are. I, I completely believe that, but you're not funny. <laughs> But, I mean, I'm not as funny as my dad or my older brother. I'm more, like, stale humor, essentially. Anyway, back to um, Black History Month. So, um, let's go to the modern day. Let's go to, to the modern... I, I just said that. Let's go to, like, the 2000s, the 2010s. Uh, let's see. Um, what's trying to say? I mean, uh, before, like, Obama, there wasn't that many interesting... Yeah. Jesse Jackson, Sister Soldier. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I guess we'll talk about people who run for office. Let's do, like, running for president, I'm thinking. Yeah, let's do that, like, yeah, sure. So about, I believe the first time there was... 84, I think? No, 72. was just home, right? I think 84 was Jesse Jackson. Yeah, 84 and 80, 88 was Jesse Jackson. Yeah, 72 was just home. Yeah, because she, like, lost to Mick, Mick, what's his name, McGovern? Uh, yeah, George McGovern, who lost his own state in 1972. No, wasn't that the only state he won? No, he won Massachusetts, I believe. He was wasn't he from Massachusetts? Massachusetts? He was from South Dakota. Oh, he did lose his home state then. So Never mind. Walter Mondale won his state. By what, like two thousand votes? I don't remember. But I know that, that was oh, that was Reagan had had said that was his lifelong dream. If he had won all fifty states, he could have retired. Like it was so close. Would have if it had been anyone other than Mondale, he would have won probably by a smaller margin, but he would have also probably won every state. And he was like relatively popular. I think Reagan. I mean, Mondale was definitely the best choice the Democrats had. I can't argue with that. Nobody was beating Reagan. Mondale at least managed to win one state. I can't think of 
any other Democrat. I mean, sure, I, I mean, I liked Jesse Jackson, but I don't think he had a ch- yeah, it was like back in the Especially day. back then, Jesse Jackson was a lot more militant than he was when he served in Congress. When he served in Congress, he was definitely a lot more focused on, on black issues and a lot less focused on raising his national profile than he was when he ran for office. Did he run for... I think he was... He was, he was in Congress. He served from Illinois' second district, which is the south side of Chicago, uh, and the Kankakee, and that, that, that area. He, he served there for... How, I don't know how many. I have the almanac right here. Let me see how Wait, many terms. He was a United States shadow senator from the District of Columbia, 1991 Wait. to Wait a second. Was it a different Jesse Jackson? I'm going to feel very embarrassed. Yeah, that's his son. That would make. Wait, which. Jesse Jackson Jr., Congressman, December 95. Yeah. Oh, senior. I see. Yeah, senior <laughs> rep for president, junior. Oh my god, that's embarrassing. Anyway, so Senior ran for president. Junior served in Congress. Yeah, he ran twice. I think he was closer in 88, but he still lost to... Uh, well, that would also, by the way, make sense why uh, why he seemed to change from being so militant to, like, so good for the black community, because it was a different person. Yeah, but also it was like... It was kind of like, I guess, boring-ish kind of candidates against, like, uh, Mondale and... Dukakis. Mondale was... Nobody can out-boring Mondale. Like, basically, uh... You know, you're just like, you're there, you know? You may vote... You know, you, you ran so you can write in your diary, I ran for president. Yeah. Better vice president than he was president. I mean, uh... Nominee. Huh. I never realized... Either way. So, so that was, so, so Shirley Chisholm, the first black woman to run for president, um, Jesse Jackson, the first black man to run for president, um, then you had some black people running on both sides, you got Alan Keyes, you know, you got Herman Cain, uh, rest in peace, you know, you got Ben Carson, although that came later, um, and then 2008, Hillary Clinton expected to sail to the nomination, she has to deal with the state legislature, this half-term senator from Illinois. Nobody's ever heard of him. Well, that's not true because he gave the DNC keynotes. But, like, people who are not in tune to politics, who are as, the, you mean, as in the primary base, has never heard of him. Like, the voters had not really heard of him. Yeah. Um, and there was this one guy, Barack Hussein Obama. Yeah. Yeah, we'll cut that out. Maybe. But, um, yeah, it was like a field of Democrats in 2008, I believe. Uh, John Edwards was there. Uh, Joe Biden. Some guy named Joe Biden dropped out before the, the the started. He dropped out after the debate. Um, Interesting enough, Joe Biden ran for president in '88 and eight, 2008. With, uh, he got caught for plagiarizing. Oh eight, he got crushed at the debates. Oh, yeah, uh, and then 2020, he got caught for plagiarizing and crushed at the debates, and it didn't matter. <laughs> Actually, it was 1988 that I was a little more. What was that? 88. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying attention, but I'm sorry. But, wait, who ran? I don't... Um, The people who made it to the primaries were Clinton, Obama, and John Edwards, and I think those were the only ones. Yeah, John... And then after, like, the first few states, it was just Clinton and Obama. Edwards did not make splash past New Hampshire, et cetera, et cetera. New Hampshire? Well, he might have made it to, like, South Carolina or something, but he did not make it... He did not make it past Super Tuesday. That was, like, a big thing. It was just Clinton and Obama on Super Tuesday. I'm just wondering how you said New Hampshire, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. That's what I said. 
No, I'm saying how you pronounce it was interesting. I've never heard that before. Oh, I, I thought, is it not supposed... Oh, really? Oh. New Hampshire. Sure. Yeah. Okay, New Hampshire. Sure, New Hampshire. It's going to be like 30 seconds of just me figuring out how to say New Hampshire. New Hampshire. For the first time in Tad's life, you know, they know how to do uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Like New Hampshire. a pirate. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. New Hampshire. Arr. I be a pirate. But then... So anyway, Barack Obama. So, the big thing with Barack Obama, you know, people like him. They liked his views. They really, really hated Hillary. They were looking for an, an alternative. But black people were behind Hillary. They knew she could win. And more importantly, they didn't know Obama could win. So, um, oh yeah, I guess I'm going to take over from here because this is like my area of expertise. Sure. Because uh, it's less about black history and more about specific political events, right? Um, and so, black people, before the primary, not many people know this, but before the primary, black people were fully behind Hillary. Because Bill Clinton's wife, the, you know, first black president, you know, Mr. Sachs, man, <laughs> and Mr. Sexman, too. Um, <laughs> that wasn't planned, I promise. That wasn't planned. No, don't edit that out. That was perfect. No, we were not going to keep it. Because we, we will, I'm a Democrat, and I, will, I like making fun of Bill Clinton. <laughs> Everybody does, even Democrats, too. But anyway, so, so, you know, he's a philanderer and stuff, but, like, that was okay back then because partisanship. Uh, it's still okay now because partisanship. Um, okay now. I mean, if it's on your team, it is. Uh, I don't know about that. Tara Reid and then the the woman who was accusing Trump. Wait, Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Tara oh, Reid. Something. I remember that. The, there was like a woman who was accusing Biden and a woman who was accusing Trump, and everybody conveniently believed the one woman but not the other one. I didn't. I, I basically didn't believe her because of facts. Oh, I believe neither of the women. Uh, um, but anyway, so Hillary Clinton was beloved by the black community. That, um, because they saw Obama and they were like, yes, he's black, but white people won't like them because the black community had been living through generations, generations of racism. So then Iowa came around. And as we know, throughout, throughout the caucuses, right? Uh, oh, can I also add? Yeah. So basically it was like suspicions because of like most famous like black leaders like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, they usually died young. So there was like a fear of maybe something. I didn't even know about that part. But anyway, so that too. Um, then Iowa. And as we know, Iowa was a caucus. And this is important because throughout the whole season, Obama had superior organization in college campuses, in urban areas, etc. He crushed it in every single caucus except for like no, I think it was every single one. Um, Hillary Clinton fought him to a tie in primaries. She might have even net one delegates in primaries. It was very close. Obama's superior organizational strength prevailed in the lower turnout caucuses. But we didn't know that at the time, because Iowa was the first race. And in Iowa, Barack Obama won by a lot. And Iowa was like 95% white. So black people saw Iowa. And they saw that Obama can do well among white people. And then they saw him fight... And uh, uh, in New Hampshire, and he did well there too. And then black people were like, "Oh damn, Obama is here to stay," and he swept them the rest of the way. He won South Carolina. I think he lost. No, he won Nevada, right? Because that was a caucus. No, no, no. Um, Hillary won Nevada, and I believe she won New Hampshire. Yeah, I know she won New Hampshire. Um, 
and then he just accumulated up delegates. And if they had used winner-take-all like the Republicans did, uh, and if Republicans had used proportional like Democrats did, it would have actually been Hillary Clinton versus uh, Mitt Romney. John McCain had ran out of money by uh, by South Carolina, where he dominated and it gave him all the all the stuff he needed. He had ran out of money. We could have had Romney versus Clinton. That's interesting. Who would have won? Uh, definitely Romney. Even in the financial circumstance, Hillary Clinton would never have won a race, no matter what. Never have won a presidential race, no matter what year it is. Well, Nobody likes her. I wish she would have picked P. It doesn't matter who she would have picked in two thousand eight. Oh, Romney? Uh, he would have won. Uh, I probably... I don't know. But anyway, so Obama won, and as we know, the rest is history. First black president, etc. 2012, Herman Cain ran as a Republican. 2016, we had Ben Carson. 2020, Democrats, we had Cory Booker. We had Kamala Harris. Uh, Wayne Messam. He doesn't count. Um, he's not a serious candidate. He's the mayor of a tiny city in, in Florida. Pete Buttigieg hasn't accounted either, but Rich White wine moms loved him and they donated money and they artificially made him count. He's a no... Sometime we'll have to go over how much I hate Pete, but now is not the time. <laughs> there are plenty of people, I, interesting enough being on Twitter, who don't like Pete Buttigieg. I think, my two, my two, I think two of my three older sisters don't like him either. Um, but anyway, so that was that. Um, and then Donald Trump comes in, you know? And then in 2020, Donald Trump is the best among black people of any Republican since Reagan. Um, he did better than Bush, I believe, by like 1% or something. He did very slightly better than Bush. He did, he did like 5% worse among Latinos, but he did like a tiny bit better among blacks. If I remember. Um, uh, Bush, Bush did just as well in Miami-Dade as Trump. Not even a bit better. Um, and so that's, that's how it went. Uh, it went from... A black woman running just, just, you know, to run, to make herself out there as a statement, or, you know, little-known representative from New York, catapulting the public spotlight, and it ended with the first black president. Uh, and I find it really interesting. Uh, and along the way, we saw the black Congress, congressmen go from zero to two dozens upon dozens. The CBC oh, yeah. is now... Oh, oh, yeah, we forgot about how, like, during the recon Reconstruction era, there were uh, black... Uh, congressman during that. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, and they usually served two or three terms before getting gerrymandered out. Um, sometimes only one term. Um, but they were there. Um, and people always think there was like this, this enormous gap. Uh, there was. But it wasn't massive. It was like 1900 to 1932. Uh, but if you're talking about the South, the first one would have been like the 90s. 1990, I think, so the 80s. Um, and it's a really interesting story. I did a Twitter thread on it a while back for Black History Month, so a few days, uh, maybe a week, week, week and a half ago. And you should read it. Uh, it's a really cool Twitter thread. Today I'm going to be doing a Twitter thread on John Lewis, if I remember to. If I run out of time, I'll do it tomorrow. But there will be a thread on John Lewis coming. Civil rights hero. Either you know, black people in politics, they are on a lot of issues today. The divide is not between Republicans and Democrats anymore. It's between white Democrats and everybody else. Like, almost every single social issue, the division is white Democrats and everybody else. And the white Democrats who control the media have been very successful in portraying Republicans as racist monsters. And black people, you know, vote for Democrats because that is what all the news says. Like, and all the news. They're very, in places saying they're very, I think, left-wing. Not that there isn't any black people who aren't left-wing. I mean... No, there are. But, like, black people as a whole are very conservative. Yeah, there's, it's... it's um, 
It's not a monolith, basically. It's very yeah, if you're talking about blue dog Democrats, you should not be thinking about Colin Petersons. You should be thinking about Sanford Bishops. Yeah, it's very, like, very interesting ideological uh, spin. You should try to... Uh, you should keep in mind, if you're a candidate for either party, you should be careful with that. That's basically that's what I'm saying. Like, if you just had a burn <laughs> Don't make me yeah, Bernie. <laughs> older black person would probably look with him with suspicion. Yes. Well and really younger black people. Younger I, black people were like barely for Sanders, right? Or were they even for Biden? I I don't know. I, I think it depends on ideologically spin. If you're like more, like left left leaning, except for me essentially. Ironically, by the way. Bernie Sanders in 2016, Latinos hated him, and Bernie Sanders 2020, Latinos loved him. He didn't even make too many, like, it wasn't even that he, like, made coalition chips either. It was just that he, like, invested time and money into their votes. And yet he didn't do for black folks both times. <laughs> he did not care at all about black folks. Um, he still doesn't, I bet. <laughs> I have my problems with Bernie, but... Uh, Everybody does. Yeah. Even Bernie supporters don't like Bernie. I don't like that kind of... Okay, that's not actually true. He's, he's Bernie Sanders is the definition of a personality cult. Yeah. You remember all those, like, Bernie or bust people starting, like, ah, Bernie was just a compromise. Um, let me quickly burn my, you know, burn all my stickers. Yes, I said burn on purpose. Sanders, when he, I think the funniest thing was when Bernie Sanders was like, yeah, what about the Sims? He's like, 600 plus 1400 $2,000. Yeah. That's a compromise, right? <laughs> Yeah, it was like, yeah, I mean, they did promise 2,000, and no, you're not getting 2,000. You're not getting, you have to get to Congress, because you have to... Have to <laughs> yeah, never happened. Yeah, if you have no basic political science, as I did that one time, it goes through the House, through a vote, then you go through the committees, and then you get to a Senate vote. Just a bill. I'm alone on Capitol Hill. <laughs> exactly. But there was like saying like, oh man, Bernie Sanders was such a great civil rights activist. He was, you see that picture where he was getting dragged out? Wasn't, is, that for, wasn't that at Vietnam though? Or was that civil rights? I don't remember. But basically, oh man, look at this dude. He's such a, I mean, he, he was, he, he, when he was a, a youngster, he was like a civil rights. Uh, I didn't actually know that. Which is I mean, that doesn't excuse, you know, the rest of it, but, like, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, like, it was good. And even John Lewis was, like, when he was still alive, he was like, I didn't know who Bill Bernie Sanders was back then, so. But no. it's almost kind of too much, in a way, kind of white savory to me, how they kind of, that picture of, of Bernie Sanders. I'll show you. Well, and that's because it is, and it's also a personality cult. <laughs> the two big personality cults in, in uh, politics are Trump and Bernie. I wonder what they have in common, whether that word, you know, starts with a P and ends with an opulism. Oh. Populism, yeah, yeah. Populism isn't even, like, bad. It always fails. It's usually populism. As I've said plenty of times, if you look at d dictators, <clears throat> I think, you know, Saddam Hussein, Hitler, they always have this populist... Kind of Mussolini, Pappadabello. Yeah, they come up with these populistic type viewpoints. 
Yeah, and they, I mean, you know, they never believe it. It's just what you get to get votes. Yeah, like, like basically, I'm going to take care of you. Basically, the strong man. I'm yeah, and then once you get those votes, oh, never mind, I was lying, ha ha, oh, by the way, I've abolished the Constitution, then your mom has been arrested. And do mass genocide, essentially, on a groups of people. No, no, that comes on the second date. <laughs> Gotta take it slow, what are you? Yeah, exactly, like, I was basically... Genocide before marriage? Breaking the customs. But I was basically talking about how uh, yeah, I was like, it just, it's just a, it's like a gateway drug, essentially. Interesting. I've actually never heard it described like that, but I really think that's, that, that, that's, 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 that, that's smart. I, 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 I agree with that. Why did it take me so long to come up with that? I don't know, but I agree with that. It really kind of is. I'm just gonna, gonna make a t-shirt. Populism is the gateway drug to fascism or dictatorships. My family knows about that. Your family knows about that. Exactly. My family, you know, brutally, brute, brute, just brutality. Just that's the only word that can describe it. By the call me scum. Or like, um, um I think Lenin and um, I, I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Lenin or Stalin. They kind of they have the same thing. They have a very don't matter. They're all the same. They would have both. The only reason Stalin is a brutal mass murderer and Lenin isn't is because Lenin died before he could have been. And even so, he was still a mass murderer. He just wasn't, you know, a genocider. Just because he didn't have enough time. He would have been. All communists are. Yeah. But, um, what else? Yeah, so basically, um... Capital, capital T, by the way, obviously. So funny. We're talking about Black History, and then we're talking about how we're anti. There was a uh, a Black communist movement um, that that drew a whole bunch of its support from white people because <laughs> Black people obviously are very opposed to author authoritarian genocidal I mean, ideology. Some who support, you know. Um, well, there's the crackpots everywhere, but like the Black communist stuff, that was white people funding it. Yeah, I mean, they, like, yeah, it's a very interesting. I mean, I obviously don't. Care for it. I'm more of a social democrat anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get you. We'll get you converted. It'll be it'll be a process. You'll get smartified. I'm already smartified. I'm enlightened. Enlightened. And okay. I always I always love to troll like people who are like socialists or communists. I'm like, yeah, why do that when you can be this? I mean, you're enlightened now, but now we'll make you smartified after. Exactly. Smartified. Modification commencing. Exactly. You know, do not engage. Um, and so that's that. Uh, and what other big, 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 big things there are? Uh, James, Cl James Clyburn, James or Jim Clyburn, uh, House <laughs> House leadership. Uh, I think he's the highest ranking black person in the House ever, except for one time when a black guy was like speaker back in the 1800s. Really? Yeah. Then he got kicked out of Congress by white supremacists. Yeah, that's that's always like what happened. It wasn't like you know with the black congressman in the Reconstruction era. It wasn't like oh yeah, we had a retirement. We served for twelve years. And I no, no, they served. Yeah, they served for two years, four years, sometimes six years, and then they got gerrymandered out or white supremacists out. Sometimes both. Exactly. What else? And then sometimes. They lost normally because there were more than one black candidate, and they split the vote, and the one white guy wins. Yeah, true. That happens surprisingly often. Like, 
when I was researching it, I did not realize how often that happened. That's very interesting. Because that's what happens, like, in 1912. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I was in my history class, uh, and my professor, who's a Republican and also he's anti-Trump, was like, the two most overrated presidents ever, and Matthew could probably attest to this, because I've taken his classes before, were Andrew Jackson and Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> overrated or underrated? Overrated. And I don't think any of them over are overrated, right? People, I think, hate them now, kind of equally. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you think that even that is too good, which is a decent, decent argument to be made. That, like, hate is still overrated. Oh, yeah, did you see one of my tweets I talked about Woodrow no. Wilson? I said Woodrow Wilson is responsible for the rise of communism, uh, Nazism, the, the, and the, the foreign endless wars, and the Cold War. Yeah, basically. That, that what's his name, Treaty of Nations or whatever it was called, was awful. Yeah, and he kind of came off like, it was my way or the highway, and yeah. that's not, in politics, that's not going to go well, basically. Yep. Unless you're Bernie Sanders, in which case the media covers for you, writes endless puff pieces about how amazing you are, and then it doesn't work. Ah, uh, maybe. I don't know. There are, there are some people in the media, some Bernie people like, they're not treating Bernie right. Uh. Weird. All the coverage about Bernie is, like, is positive. Well, not literally all of it, but, like, I mean, it's almost Chris entirely. Matthews, I mean, Chris Matthews, I believe, he... I think he compared it to, like, Nazism, which was... And then on the other end, on that same network, you have a literal socialist, uh, Lauren, Lawrence O'Donnell. Oh, he's funny. I like the, the stop the hammering part. You ever I don't know him? that. He, like, got mad. He was like, stop the hammering! <laughs> and he started cussing. It wasn't in live TV, though. It would have been hilarious. It was, I'll show you afterwards. could have been on live TV cursing. Oh, man. Or, wait, wasn't there, like, a Delaware senator? He was like, he just, like, looking, he was like, Joe Biden? No, 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 it wasn't Joe Biden. It was somebody else. It was, it's not Chris Coons, but this the other guy. He, like. Tom Parker? Yeah, I believe so. He's like, he just says the F-bomb. It wasn't on, I don't know if it was on TV, but it was hilarious. <laughs> Sometimes it can be. I mean, politicians are human, you know. Just like the rest of us. Yeah. Some of them do a better job of hiding it. Yeah. I wonder, you ever heard the same, we're way off topic, you ever heard Hot Ones before? No, I don't care that we're off topic, it's our podcast, we can do what we want. Exactly, but there was like, they have hot wings and they go burning amount of spice, and I was like, man, they should have Bernie Sanders in there. I'm like, wait a second, he'll just have a heart attack and probably die. <laughs> hey, no, I'm joking. Like, he did have a heart attack, and his campaign did not was not uh, honest about it in 2020. Yeah, that sounds right. It was, like, October and... Huh? Hillary Clinton, October 2016, pneumonia? Then, Jim, and then James Comey came in. Pneumonia. But actually, do you remember the pneumonia thing? Well, is this, like, basically accusing it... Like, I, I no, she had pneumonia, and she, like, kept doing events, and then she just collapsed because she, she did too many events with pneumonia, and she was off the campaign trail for days. Mm. It, it was, it was kind of sad. I mean, like, basically. it couldn't have happened to a, to, a, to, a, to a more deserving individual, but, like, it's still sad, you know? Yeah. Even, like, they talked about when Trump got COVID, he actually had worse than it actually was noticed, notified. 
Not, no, you, yeah, because people have to be confident in the state of the president. But wouldn't they want the president to be honest? Um, he got 75 million votes, so I'm going to say 74 no. 74 million, I guess. 75. I don't care. 75 sounds better and it's testing it accurate. That sounds like what, you know what you sound like? You sound like the people that say, well, it's democratic socialism, even though it's actually social democracy. Because it sounds better. I mean, democratic socialism is just socialism, where you get to vote on how you're going to get murdered. <laughs> and also, difference between democratic socialism and so social democracy is that social democracy is just bad, but like it's not evil, you know. Cap you can keep capitalism essentially. It's just like it has. No, you know, you know the whole saying, you know, democratic socialism is like two wolves and a sheep choosing what they're going to have for dinner. And then dictatorship is like two sheep and one wolf. I'm not dictatorship, democracy. What did I say? Dictatorship is just like one of the wolves just decides. True. No, dictatorship is one wolf and a and hundred thousand sheep, and the wolf gets to decide. Hmm, oh, good. Pizza with a side of genocide. <laughs> oh, that's the Hitler type. <laughs> See this? This little popcorn kernel? Little popcorn kernel right here. What's it gonna what's it, what is it? This little popcorn kernel? Yeah. That's your family. <laughs> no, it's no that this, this one is that's your church. This is this is your church. This one? This is your neighborhood. <laughs> this one? This is your grandmother. This one's your grandmother's church, and this is your grandmother's neighbor. And we got one, two, three, four. We got seventeen left. Wow. All right. You wanna, is that is that all we got? Um, I can talk about whatever. I mean, I think we can. Maybe. Yeah, we'll come back. So this was special episode, Black History Month. We'll be back regular. We'll be back next week as well, because for the normal episode on, on Good Faith Actors. So until next time, uh, I'm Tad. Um, yeah, that's Matthew. Uh, this is the corpse of his future. Uh, signing off. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm Matthew. I'm Tad. And this is Good Faith Actors. Yum.